Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show, where I believe business should be fun. Creating, marketing, and mastering your craft is as much about the day-to-day as it is about the big wins and even the epic fails. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things content marketing, digital marketing, a little bit of mindset, and how to just show up by creating an online business and income that fits your lifestyle. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. Of course, I'm your host, Kim Doyle. And my guest today, I'm really excited um, for a handful of reasons. One, he's he's fantastic, a good human being, and I love what he's doing. But I was given the privilege of being his first podcast interview, so I'm excited about that. And my guest today is Nathan Zadwarney. Nathan, thank you for being here. Hey, Kim. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. And yeah, thank you for... Uh... For my being my first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't say the last time I heard that or said that. <laughs> we'll, ju- we'll leave that one alone. All right, then. Yeah, let's not go down that road. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. Well, let's jump in because I, you know, we were talking offline sort of beforehand and we've got a lot of kind of juicy stuff. And, and just for the listeners also, um, I'm really with, with the direction of the show. I love this digging behind the scenes. So I'm being very selective about people that I feel that can show up and really serve. And and for what it's worth, Nathan, I I really, your your message and what you're doing resonates with me. Thank you. Um, I mean, you and I have been friends for a number of years and I've always just really connected with you. And, uh, and so it was really, really kind of you to to invite me on. I'm very, very humbled by it. And I'm, and I'm excited to, to have this chat. Okay, well, let's dig in. So, like you said, we connected. We connected on Facebook a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's where I live my life, basically, yeah. and have more or less for the last oh god decade or so. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where we connected for sure. Yeah, it's. I just. I don't know why I've got this thing about doing a little bit of uh, strolling down memory lane in terms of where I've connected with people, and I. I think part of it is I think. I like people to see that you can really create solid relationships and connections and friendships when you do this correctly. So um, before we get into sort of the meat and potatoes of today's show, though, I, I'd love for you to share a little bit of your story with people because you had a full-time gig and now you do this full-time. So, you know, whatever that looks like for you, clip notes, 10 minutes, the mic is yours. <laughs> Oh my God, it isn't going to be 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the things that I was, uh, that, 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 um, I was a little concerned about because, uh, being this being my first podcast, I kind of operate in two, uh, two tracks. My first track is Nathan that doesn't say much and keeps his, his, uh, his sentences relatively short. And then there's the blabbermouth Nathan. So I'm going to try to balance the two. So. <laughs> Long story short, um, gosh, I've been doing social media, um, building audiences and communicating with audiences and selling stuff, uh, for the better part of a decade now. Um, I guess I started more or less back building my first email list part time around my job in 2009, 2010. And then I got a full time gig as a social media marketer for a company. Uh, they had. Um, eight or nine offices in the HR space, government contracted, uh, company, um, across British Columbia, Canada, which is where I live. And so I ran all their social media. Actually, I came in, they didn't have a presence really at all. And so I set up all of their, the, the blog and all of their, um, you know, channels on the major channels. And that was my full time gig for them for seven years until the contract ran out. They got their budget cut by two thirds and, you know, I was, I was on the chopping block, but all that time I always had a side hustle because I love more than social media. I love marketing. I love creating messages. I love digging into audiences. I love finding out what people respond to. Um, and I love selling shit. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, and, and it's a lot of fun for me and it's a fun game for me. So all the time while I was, I had my full-time gig, I would be getting up at five 30 in the morning to dash off a, a blog post or a Facebook post or make a video on YouTube. And then in the evening, you know, I'd be like focusing on creating, you know, content or courses or coaching people or whatever it might be. Um, I found out that, uh, I, I, I had a, 
I had a spout six months notice before my job kicked off. And so I really, really doubled down and I was like, okay, well now this is the perfect opportunity to take the thing that you always love to do and to make it full time. And um, when the contract ended uh, a little over a year ago in April of 2019, it took me about 60 days to get up to, um, to beyond what I was, what I was earning at the job. So, um, and since then I've just more or less ran with it, doubled down, uh, had a lot, had a lot, have had a lot more fun, felt a lot more freedom, slept a whole hell of a lot more. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and things have just been growing and things have been growing and I've been, and, and, uh, and I've been enjoying my life, um, and enjoying what I do for people and how I help people a lot, uh, more than I ever have before. Uh, that was that was a good sort of summary. Quick, um, <laughs> no, well, it was great. I mean, I always try to do a Cliff Notes version, and I just don't know that I'm capable of it. <laughs> so, something I have to practice on. Okay, so I'm going to unpack a little bit. What the first sure. thing that you said that I not the first thing you said, but what really connected with me and resonated with me? A that you love to sell shit. I wish I had a you know a sound. <laughs> I should do like a round of applause soundtrack in the background. Because I see a lot of people just struggle with that. I did yeah. for years struggled with what what that looks like and being afraid. It, it's just it's such a mindset game. I honestly think all of marketing is you got to get your mind right first. But when you yeah. said you just love marketing too and the game of it and understanding the messaging, I don't. For lack of a better term, I used to say that's sort of the the behind the scenes stuff that most people don't do. They jump in and yeah. they have a website built or they create packages and stuff, but they have no idea how to effectively communicate yes. so that it creates connection and people want to buy. I'm going to let mm. you just sort of give me your two cents on that. Well, it's funny because it's evolved. Even in the last 12 months, it's evolved a lot. Um, so let's just kind of look at the last 12 months and how my game has changed and why I think that I feel now in a much more comfortable space working with better people, making more money, doing what I'm doing as well. And I think a lot of people, like I, I work mainly with coaches, um, um, some business coaches, um, some life coaches, um, people that come from a helping background, people that want to help people, people's lives get better. And even though we know that that's what marketing is, you have to arrive at that conclusion. Um, people think that selling and marketing is antithetical to helping because we're always being sold all the time. We're getting bombarded with shit. And on social media, a lot of people do this really, really clumsily, or they take their assumptions about what they think marketing and selling should be, and they just roll with that. So you see a lot of people puffing out their chests. You see a lot of people bragging about themselves. You see a lot of people um, throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall and basically trying to, you know, like um, get as many people in front of their message as possible that so that they can skim that one to two percent and you know of people and make off like a bandit and then you know and and the and the selfie shots and the bold and vulnerable posts and and kind of that whole idea that you need to have your website perfect before you, you know, before you can start selling. I, I've, I started off thinking all that stuff and I don't think that stuff anymore. And, and what's more than anything else, I do see marketing and sales in perfect alignment with helping, with helping and serving because ultimately marketing is a game of being able to let people know that you understand them that you empathize with them and that you can genuinely help them. That's what I think marketing is in, in its purest form. I'm a big fan of uh, teachers like Seth Godin and Bernadette Jiwa who mm -hmm. look at marketing as like, we're in this together for the long term. I'm in this to help you for as long as you need my help. Um, and I'm going to give you everything that I think you need to be able to overcome whatever challenge you came to me for in the first place. And so for me, it's really about nurturing a relationship on a large scale and letting people decide for themselves when they're ready to take it to the next step. Does that make sense? Did I miss anything there? 
No, it was beautiful. And <clears throat> the thing is, I, I don't, I don't know when it was exactly, probably four or five years ago, I kind of stepped back and I was like, I just want to focus on getting good at the fundamentals. And I think people miss, that's where that, that empathetic connection happens yeah. when you understand why people do what they do. You know, it's, it's sort of that idea of people buy based on emotion. And, and the reason is, and yes, there are plenty of people that, that can create good copy and sell crap products. Right. But yeah. I do think that the, like I've said, the market's matured. And I think that we're really in this place where people are getting smarter about it and they're just getting a little bit of a feeling. And there are so many moving parts to an online business. You don't have to have them all from day one, you know, and no. I, I'm, I'm capable of doing a lot. I don't like doing a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> I am totally in alignment with you on that. I am like, okay, before I used to, you know, work 16 hour days around my job. I'd work my job for eight hours and I'd work my business for like eight hours or six hours a day. And now I have all of this freedom. I swear to God, like, and I'm not trying to brag here. I'm not trying to brag, but, 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 but most days I'm like done by two in the afternoon. Yeah, and I'm sitting on my deck in the sun, or or I'm playing with my dog, or my wife and I jump out for a late lunch, or whatever. So you can do, you can make a massive impact without having all the bells and whistles. You don't need to be Gary V. If you want to be Gary V, I got nothing against Gary V, but you don't have to be Gary V. You don't have to be everywhere all the time, documenting every minute detail of your life and putting it out to seventeen different platforms all at once. You don't need to. Well, that and I and I think that I'm right there with you. Like the quality of my life is gold. It's it's just I'm super protective of my time and energy. And the thing with this space, though, too, is there's you'll never be done. There is always more you can do. Of so course, at there is. Some point you have to make peace with what do I want my life to look like. That's how I approach yeah. anytime I work with somebody. I'm like, well, what do you want your life to look like? What what does this feel like to you? Have you ever done that? Um, it was, I think it was a Frank Kern of all people uh, exercise on what does your everyday day look like? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm living it. This is fantastic. It's so funny that that's, yep, the Frank Kern, it's called The Core Influence. And you can find the video on YouTube. It's, it's somebody posted it up there. And I don't think Frank ever tried to chase them down and take it down because it's so valuable. It's about a, maybe about a 90 minute talk. And, and it's back in the day when he was like, you know, the surfer dude persona. So it's really funny. He's cracking bad jokes and everything. And it's really a, and then he gets into this exercise. He says, everybody, you can do this. And I did it back in, oh God, like six years ago, I think, or five years ago, I did it. And it is basically just sketch out your perfect average day and go into it in as much detail as you can. And like you, you know, I'm pretty much living it now. I don't have the Porsche, <laughs> but everything well, you know, else is pretty darn good. You know, can I just tell you, it's funny because I actually got, a, 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 I had had an, uh, an Audi years ago. That was okay. sort of a, a grief purchase after my husband passed away. I was like, I'm going out and get a new car. Yeah, damn right. <clears throat> and also no offense, men, but it was like the first car decision in my life where my husband or father mm. wasn't involved. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I'd gotten rid of it since. And I was like, God, I really love the Q5. And it's funny because I, I bought one last summer. And I remember uh, going to visit a friend. She's like, oh, my God, you got your car. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and it's just a car. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because it's like, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But it was one of those things where, like, I didn't post pictures online. I was just like, yeah, I love it. This is totally for me. And, and so there's that shift when you get to that grounded place of what your life feels like and what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, and all of a sudden, I feel that that just spills over into how you show up online and your business and why people choose to connect with you. So yeah. on on that note, like, let's, let's talk a little bit, because like I was telling you, I've, you know, we're friends on Facebook, and, but I've watched yeah. your message really, I don't want, I don't know if shift is the right word, but it's evolved and it's gotten deeper over the last year. So um, I just love to hear that progression for you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for saying that. that because I've been working on it. Mm-hmm. Because you see a lot of different things online. And and I follow a lot of, you know, people, obviously influencers, people that I admire, 
ad- have admired or did admire in the past. And what, and I used to be one of those guys that think that I had to be cocky and cop an attitude and be, you know, like not, not a jerk, not a dick, but you know, have a bit of an edge. I, because that, that's what was co- cool at the mm-hmm. time. When I first got, you know, decided that I, you know, wanted to take this really seriously, like back in probably 2016, 2017, I was coming from, uh, from a more, sort of direct response kind of world and more kind of a cult of personality kind of world. And so there were lots of cocky, cocky assholes of, you know, both male and female persuasion that, you know, really made sure that their copy was stinging or their social media posts were, you know, kind of polarizing and, you know, um, you know, trying to push people away as much as bring people in. But they weren't doing it in my, in my estimate, in my belief. And I could be completely wrong by this. Maybe they've reached another level of authenticity that I haven't <laughs> reached yet. I fucking hate that one. When are you not authentic? When are you not being authentic? What a highlight real. Hashtag highlight real. Go ahead. Oh, God. Hello. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so these, so, you know, these guys and gals were, you know, strutting around puffing their chest out and, you know, being all polarizing and, you know, getting into arguments with their followers and stuff. And it comes from a certain school where, you know, you want to brand yourself and you brand yourself by polarizing. And I kind of bought into that, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like the way it made me feel because yeah. there's enough bullshit on social media. I mean, that's the whole world now. It is the whole world now. And so that's why I kind of... <sighs> I, I'm not, I'm not a revolutionary. I'm not going to change the world. I'm not interested in fucking dismantling this society, but I'm also not interested in, you know, keeping people down. I'm, everything is so political now, especially on social media. And so I just backed off. I, I am just like bullshit. That's all bullshit. I, and I don't want to contribute to that poison. Um, I want to be honest about who I am, be honest about who I think I can help the best, um, and treat everybody that approaches me as an individual and treat everybody that approaches me as if I am on their side. And because I really, really, really want to be on people's side. Like if somebody's coming to me and they're like, Nathan, I, I want help with my business. I want help, you know, getting more getting more people in my business or I, or I need, you know, to, I want I've got this $300 program and I want to make it a $3,000 program. And I want it to be packed full of value so that people, when they buy it, they really, really make a change in their lives. And when people like that are coming to me, then I want to be able to put my arm around them virtually and say, you know, okay, I'm on your side. I believe in you. I believe in what you do. If you're getting real good results for your clients, then um, then let's see how we can bring, bring even more value and, and, you know, and, and bring you to a point where you are living the life that you deserve or that you dream of and helping people make a massive change in their lives. So my message has really, in my, my belief, what I see, what I feel about my message and what people tell me is that the power of the messaging hasn't changed or hasn't, hasn't uh, abated, but the tone of the messaging is a little more warm, a little deeper, a little more open, a little more relaxed. Um, and that's really kind of who I am. I'm not this polarizing, you know, snarky, smarmy figure that, you know, that wants everybody to think that he's hot shit all the time. Um, I just want to be a good guy that helps the right people. And that's it really. Well, and, and to your point, Seth Godin and Bernadette Giwat, like their exactly. examples. That, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, they're perfect examples. And, you know, it's funny, like I, <clears throat> I watched, um, you know, I'm a big Russell Brunson fan. I, I think that he knows his stuff. He's a good guy. Have, yeah. I, I think he's a good human being. I really, yeah. really do. You don't have to like click funnels to acknowledge the fact that he's built something phenomenal. Like I, I, I wouldn't mind a hundred thousand people paying me every month. <laughs> be okay. Totally um, fine by me. But if, but if you look at it, he has always really stayed true to his core values. My point though. So I don't know if you saw it or, and I'm not going to call out anybody else because I like the other person, but 
really raked him through the coals with, you know, the whole one funnel away. You're only one funnel away last year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, he doesn't say it only takes one funnel, but one funnel can change your business and your life. Right. And it was just like, I I just have never understood. I I actually question the skill set, the integrity of people when they have to call people out. And the other person is again, somebody I respect and admire and had the chops and the, and the sales and all that behind. But I'm like, I, I don't understand that value. Like, who are you helping here? Like what on earth? Good. What, who were, I, see, look at, I don't even have words for it, Nathan, because I don't understand this need to put other people down. So if you have to call someone out and say, you're, you know, you're not this or you're not that. And I don't mean playfully. Cause I did, you know, click did a number on Infusionsoft, right? With Confusionsoft. Sure. But, yeah. but how harmful is Confusionsoft? The market knew that. <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> You know, but, but it's just that, that personal attacking of stuff. And, and it's interesting. I see, I I think we have just been through a shit show in 2020. We can all agree to that. Oh yeah. And people are just not right. Right. We're not, you know, and, and people are craving, please make me feel good. Like I just want to feel good and I want to do what I want to do. I mean, I truly am one of those people that I, I I snooze and I unfollow anybody that is yelling and screaming at people. I don't care which side you're on, what you're talking about, and yep. whether it's politics, marketing, yep. you know, the idiot in office, whatever. Okay, that was a real yep. statement there. But anyways, you know, my, my point is it's <laughs> like, but because I am in control of how I feel, that's it. And it doesn't matter. I don't care if I live in a bubble. I tune out everything that does not make me feel good. I cannot serve from that place. So. I, I just, I'm in awe. I've totally watched that transition with you. And so let me, let's talk a little bit about what you do and how you're helping people because you really yeah. primarily market on Facebook, right? It's my main source. It's, I have Facebook. I have my email list. I recently um, deactivated, well, not deactivated, but closed, shuttered my Twitter account, shuttered my Instagram account. Um, and shattered my YouTube account. I still upload private videos to my YouTube account for, for my one-on-one clients, but, uh, every once in a while for sh- quick sharing there. I have, um, I have a, I have a platform in Kajabi where I host some online courses that I don't really sell anymore, but it, but it houses my email list. But the majority, like literally everything that I do is on Facebook and in my Facebook groups and, and my email list. All right. So that how tell me how you went about building this audience on Facebook. I mean, and and I think sure I'm, my two cents too is you focus, which is one yeah. obvious, but you know, uh, you know, and we don't need to get into like why only one platform like but but I'd love to hear how you went about building your audience and what's worked for you. Sure. Well, uh, I okay, so there's a number of different ways that somebody can choose an audience. Mine was very easy because I, I got a life coaching uh, certification in 2005, way back pre, you know, social media, more or less, you know, except for like forums and maybe MySpace was out by the, you know, rocking and rolling. And that, that point. <laughs> yeah. But, um, friendster maybe. Um, but, um, I, I I decided that I wanted to be a coach, and so I took a year's worth of life coaching. And I'll tell a little bit more of my origin story. That'll work in and kind of spill out into this, if that's okay, cool great. with you. Yeah, please. So a year, five days a week of coaching school in, in Vancouver. Great program. But one week of marketing taught by the same teachers that was teaching everybody else who clearly didn't have a business for themselves because mm-hmm. they were teaching. Mm-hmm. and. When I started doing uh, social media full time in 2012, I had a s- small, you know, person to person coaching business after that. It kind of fizzled, fizzled out after about two, three years. But when I started getting, but, but when I got into social media full time in 2012, um, I noticed that there was lots of people that were marketing to coaches. And I was like, damn it, coaches still haven't figured out how to market themselves. They still don't know how to market and sell themselves because we've got 
folks that are selling funnels, folks that are selling <laughs> webinar systems, folks that are selling Facebook ads. And I'm not against any of those things. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of times coaches just want to help people. They don't want to be stuck behind a Facebook ads dashboard. They don't want to be tweaking the copy on their landing page. They don't want to be hooking up their email autoresponder. And they don't usually have the money to pay people to do that shit either. Mm -hmm. So I knew how to build audiences on Facebook and, and other places as well. But I felt the most comfortable on Facebook. I, I like the platform. You know, everything that people say about Zuck, it's probably all true. And I know that they're listening to me and I know they're retargeting me and I know they're probably selling my information. But Welcome to 2020. No well, there's no privacy in the world anymore anyway. Right. So I said, okay, I know how I can help these. I know how I can help coaches. And I understand coaches. I talk their language. Ding, 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 ding. You've got to be able to talk your market's language. I knew how to talk coach. So I started connecting with, with coaches. I, I started going into the Facebook groups where coaches hung out and I started making friends. I didn't sell them and I didn't promote myself and I didn't tell everybody how awesome I was. I just connected with coaches and made friends. And I made friends with some more spiritual woo-woo coaches and I made friends with more business coaches and I made friends with a couple of hypnotherapists and I made, and I slowly just kind of started getting to find out their problems. And then I said, okay, uh, for the next month, this was in November of 2018, I said, I need five people that I can coach to help them grow their business and sell more stuff. And I'll do it for free for a month. And I want, and, and you'll, you'll give me case studies. We'll do interviews and we'll do case studies. So I put the, put the word out. I got three people. Um, and I coached them for a month. All three of them still, you know, got great results. Two of them actually sold like a bunch of products and services, you know, during that month, uh, got some great case studies and then decided, okay, well, I can do this. I know I can do it for people. So I'm going to, I'm going to start charging for it in, uh, in January. So I took December off, built my audience a little bit more, started, you know, still, you know, getting to know people, getting to know people, um, moving in the communities, looking for people that weren't focused on bitching and complaining, but <laughs> focused on finding solutions. That's really important on Facebook and in social media in general, because there are lots of people that say they want to change their lives, but there are a few people that are committed to changing their lives. And you want to find the people that are committed to changing their lives. And I connected with people and I made offers starting, I, I made offers in January and I sold six bots to my program. And it's just more, more or less been the same thing since then. Um, I just focus on the people that I know I can help, that I know I can get a result with. I find out where they are on Facebook. I invite them to become friends with me. I post content that I know will help them whether it be just content that gives them a, a new way of looking at their problem or, or a little bit of insight onto their problem or a reframe, or I do step-by-steps. Uh, and every once in a while, I'll make an offer. Um, about a year ago, maybe yeah, about a year ago, I started a Facebook group of my own so that I can have even more in-depth conversations with people around their problems and around their, you know, what they need from me so that I can learn more, so that I can make my offers better, so that I can make my content better, so that I can get a real sense of, you know, on a deep level, what they struggle with, what they fear, you know, what they need from me if we were to work together, exactly how I could support them in order to give them the results that they're looking for as quickly as possible. Um, so, that's been the process for me. And I got to say it, I love it. It's, it's so much fun. Um, I know I went a little bit beyond your initial question there, Kim, but as I said before, <laughs> that, that's my favorite type of answer. Can, okay, good. Well, I'm glad. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Is that, is that good for you? Does that work? Yeah, it is. And what I was going to say, like, first of all, I just, um, I, I want to point something out to the listeners that I don't know if they're connecting, but I, I dig that you said, I'm looking for case studies. I'm going to do this for free. You, you did it, you got results, you evaluated and you, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't this like, I, I, yeah. I just see so many people that are doing this backwards. And what, where I'm coming from that is it just, it makes my heart hurt for them because you struggle and it's, it is this, like I had a call uh, last summer with somebody I did like a one-off session with and, and I know her personally too. And she was just like, what 
the F am I doing wrong? I don't know. We're swearing on this show. I don't, I rarely do. And I'm such a truck driver in my own life, but Pardon she was me. in tears. No, oh, no, Nathan, it doesn't matter. All right. Okay. Yes, yeah. they're fine. I just, All right. you know, it, it's my inner Pollyanna, I think, but <laughs> it, it really like my heart hurt for her. She's like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Like I've been at this, you know, why aren't I making six figures a month and all of these things. Mm. And, and it was just, I was like, girl, you got to get clear on what you want your life to look like. What are you doing? And it's, it's so much of this is that mindset and boundaries. And I, I joke often, like one of my new favorite Kim sayings. Yep. I'm totally quoting myself and people are going to get sick of hearing this, but it's, you're not going to get better at something by not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just a little bit silly. So what I want to ask you as you were getting into, you know, talking about your audience and how you were connecting with people and whatnot, you know, there's so much training out there about find your ideal market. And I'm not saying not to have, you know, a target market or whatever. What I have found totally works for me huh. is I focus way more on the psychographics of a person than the demographics. Like oh. I want people who are willing to take responsibility, are yep. willing to do the work, choose to see the glasses half full. Like I have a little bit of, um, and it sounds esoteric, I get it. But the truth is, you know, as an example, like with our planner, we we really thought we were going to attract people who are experienced digital marketers. Nathan, yeah. we have churches buying the planner. We have local <laughs> cities, somebody running the social media for a police department or a chiropractor. It. It's across the board. And one person like had said to me, they're like, you're talking about all these things. What is an opt-in? What's a slide-in? And all these things. And you go, this is fascinating. And so yeah. clearly – you know, they were part of our targeting because we hit this with ads from day one. But but it but it's interesting who shows up and yeah. where you connect with them, right? So I'd love to know a little bit about do you see any similarities or, or what are some some connections that you've made with the clients that you serve? Yeah, uh, that's interesting. So you're you're asking kind of like what's common about my my clients mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. They oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think that we like, I think that, so I've no, I noticed something and I think I made a post about it a couple of weeks ago. I've noticed that about 50% of my clients come to me and they're ready to, t- to, to work with me and they're, you know, after about six months of following me on average. So they, a lot of, a, a lot of my clients, they they, they, they get to know me. They get to know me. They get to know like um, what I stand for and who I am before they reach out. And and this is a piece that's really, really changed for me in the last year. It's that I don't – and it's funny because I actually posted one of these today. I usually don't make those big, long Facebook posts talking about my whiz-bang product. I saw, your, I saw your post with your photo. That's from last year, by the way. Like I've been re- – <laughs> here's a little tip. Like that product that I'm selling right now today on my Facebook, it's a year old and I just copy-pasted all my old launch stuff from and just rolled it out again because I wanted to make, you know, like a little bit of extra cash at the end of this month. Um but the stuff that I do now more in depth when I work with people more one-on-one or in groups and stuff, which is really the core of my business now, those people, they reach out to me usually because they've, they've spent time getting to know me. And we've had conversations in Messenger. They have asked me little questions here and there. Maybe they've jumped on a free Zoom with me in my group. Like I do these FAQ webinars in my group. Um They've gotten to know me and I've gotten to know them. Every once in a while, I'll get somebody that reaches out and like, okay, Nathan, I, I've been following you for f- five minutes and I want to spend $2,000 with you. And I won't say no to those folks, but I actually ask them a lot of questions before we even get started. I want to find out exactly who they are and where they're at because it's really important for me to know that I can really, really help people before I take their money. That's like super important. So what's common about everybody is that they are serious about, they are, they are serious about changing other people's lives. They know that they have the power to do so. They are confident in the, 
in who they can help and the problems that they can solve. They've probably done it many times before, but they're not charging as much as they would like to, or their message is not as on point as they would like to, or they're spending too much time on discovery calls. They're just like, you know, they're spending like, you know, three discovery calls a day and maybe they're getting one client a week out of it or, you know, or they're spending too much time doing one-on-ones with people and they'd rather, you know, leverage more of their power and, you know, have naps maybe every once in a while spend more time with their kids. I but love naps. I yeah. Love naps. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of naps. I, I every, when I do brag, I brag about having a nap. So, totally. but, but personality wise, because you wanted to talk about the mm-hmm. psychographics, personality wise, they are quiet leaders. That's, I would say that that's what they are. Like they are leaders. They're confident in what they can do. They, um, but they are not flashy or showy about it. Generally, they're fam- they're family people. They're not interested in the private jets or the you know the 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 you know swanky swanky you know like living the high life, being the Instagram models or you know whatever you know that sort of thing. They don't live the high stakes poker lifestyle. They live. They 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 just. They just want to make a good life for themselves and for their families doing what they love to do. They, um, they're confident in themselves, but they're not ego driven. Um, they prefer to let their work do the, do the talking for them. And, uh, those, and it's funny because that's the kind of person that I am. And so that's who I attract. And when you were talking earlier about focusing on the psychographics of people, I go even simpler than that with what I do. I just basically let people know that I can solve their problem. And, um, and then I let, and then I just try to be as honest with people in my day to day content about who I am and how I can help them. And I let the people that want the flashier, bigger name, you know, more kind of like, you know, super selfie on the beach in the bikini top kind of person. Go to that other person. I did. There's so many different coaches and the and and business mentors and 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 you know and and people that do what I do in the world. There's more than enough to go around. I want to work with the people that are going to be comfortable with me, with my approach, and I want to be comfortable with the people that I work with. And because I'm going to get the best results for them, I'm going to go to the wall for them, and they're going to go to the wall for for me and for themselves. Is that all right? Oh my god! No, it's totally beautiful. It made me think of I have this this I don't know what you would call it. it's part of the content training I do, and I call it core content values. And I keep it super simple. Like when it comes to creating content, I want people to have felt better for consuming my content. Yes. That's it. I want to leave the world yeah. a better place. They may yeah. have learned something. They may have been entertained, or it may have touched their heart. But I want mm-hmm. someone to. I don't ever want someone to go. That was the biggest waste of my time. Or why did I read that? I want them, you know, I, I want them to feel better for having engaged with me. There's no SEO strategy in that. There's no hyper, you know, like, but it, no, but it works. And yeah. it doesn't mean I don't believe in SEO strategies and stuff. Like I really, I feel that everything works when you do it with the right intention and, yeah. and, and you're doing it to show up. And you know, what's funny, Nathan, it hit me when you were talking about, you know, like all the, you know, the, the bikini beaches and the car and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's interesting because I also I kind of live from this place like to eat your hey you want the Ferrari how about it yeah I'm I to say not to right I don't care no please absolutely but this it just kind of hit me and I could be super wrong on this but I feel that as we get older in life I think we're probably within a window of similar age mm-hmm. you just you shift a little bit like and there yeah. there isn't a need as as great of a need for the look at me look at me look at me. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I got nothing against the people that drive their Lamborghinis in the Hollywood Hills. Like, don't get me wrong with that. You know, that's totally cool. If that's your, if that's your jam, you know. I told go you you were going to say jam. I don't know why, Nathan, but I think that was <laughs> If that's your jam, then go for it. But I am not generally the kind of guy that's going to attract that person because, and I'm okay with that. Like for me, the satisfaction comes from like, don't get me wrong. Like once COVID's done, 
we're going to London. We're going to we're going to the East Coast. We're like we have trips planned. Like my wife Chelsea and I, we're travelers. We love to travel, but I don't need to like like what what satisfies me is doing good work. That's what satisfies me. Having a nap at two in the afternoon, taking the dog for a walk in the morning, mm-hmm. cooking a good meal on the on the grill out back. You know, spending time with friends on the weekends, going out for a nice dinner every once in a while. And those are the kind of people that I tend to attract as well. And and that's perfectly fine by me. That's perfectly fine. How many clients a month do you need in order to have a good business? Come on, give me a break. Like to have a good life, you know? Well, and even that, it's 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 sort of more like, who do I want to work with? Whether that's two or 20, like you get to decide yeah. that you may yeah. have a month where you do hit a, where you've got a six figure month and you, you get to decide what that looks like. And you know, it's, it's interesting as I, uh, you know, so I made this move up to Boise earlier this year Yeah, and, and it's funny because, well, this is the first time in my life where I've not been responsible to or for anybody. Like it literally every day feels like I freaking oh won the time gosh. lottery Yeah, <laughs> and I love my kids and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but it's interesting, like the travel piece. Oh my gosh. I actually had a trip to London in May and I was supposed to, I was going to rent a place in Costa Rica for a, like a month of summer. Mm-hmm. I love traveling. Here's the funny thing. It is so much more about experience. So I do this move up here. Yeah. Everyone's like, how is it? I'm like, Boise's cute. I love the house, but I'm like, it's sort of same city, different, same story, different city. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Well, in a way, and, and again, it, it's, it's really, it's cute. And I don't mean to ship this to me, but it's a perspective on. I'm in a suburban track home and I'm like, all right. I mean, everything's closed, opened, whatever, but I'm like, God, what would it feel like to experience a different culture to, you know, and I found myself cause I had sold and got rid of a bunch of stuff and people probably would come in and be like, are you a minimalist? I just don't, my dad visited and he's like, oh, you could get a table for here. I'm like, yeah, but then I got to get stuff to put on it. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I, I, you find yourself getting into this, okay, I'm acquiring more stuff. What if I don't, is, is this worth the experience? And the piece to me is when you just say to yourself, when you're talking about traveling and having a good dinner with friends, it's like, God, what would that feel like to what I'm paying here, which Boise is way more affordable than California, but you know, it's still a a decent amount. I'm like, could I be on a beach somewhere? Huh? Could I, could I learn another language somewhere? So like priorities shift, I think as we shift and, and, and grow and evolve, which is, I mean, obviously travel, I think people, once you get a taste of it, if you like it, it just calls to you constantly. Um, Absolutely. Like we were looking, I mean, I'm, I, I've got a website that I like to go to and I mean, we play with this. I don't know if we'll ever do it, but we, you know, their websites, you know, where it's like, okay, well, where's cheap to live? Cause we both mm-hmm. work remotely. And, uh, so we could pretty much live anywhere, but, um, but, you know, Portugal was looking nice and, you know, and all these Costa Rica, I you know, it's like, come on, just give me a place where I can maybe go to the beach and have a nice long dinner, you know, three nights a week and still like bank, you know, like a few grand every month. You know what I mean? That would be, yes, that would be just fine with me. I would be Uh totally, totally cool with that. Um, so, you know, that might be, that might happen at some point in, in life. So. It is, and I, my point was just, I think when you get to that space of you find that thing, like, obviously there are things I prefer doing in my business over others, but every day is like, this is phenomenal. I, yeah. I mean, you know, when my mom was in the hospital before she passed away last year, she got transferred to San Francisco. Nathan, <laughs> mm. it's an hour and no traffic. And it was usually a two to three hour drive each way. And I, you, you just get to this place. I'm like, which is part of why I wanted out of the Bay area, but it's like I, the quality of your life and your time and being able to do work you love. It's like, it, you can't put a price tag on it. And it's like, what do I need to keep doing this? That's what I want to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Because yeah, for me, it's all about quality of life. I mean, at a certain point, um, I can't see how having more and more and more and more would actually satisfy me because it's about the quality of time that I spend with people and, and the relationships that I have. And that goes to clients as well. Like I've turned down and, and I'm sure you have too. I've turned down clients because, uh, you know, like good, potentially good paying clients because 
it's not going to work because I'm going to be losing sleep because of all the questions that I have about working with them or how mm-hmm. I'm going to navigate this, or maybe there's a big value conflict. And so I'm, and it's not going to be worth the freaking energy and the mental, and the mental, you know, hoops that I would have to jump through in order to justify working with certain people to, to do certain things or, or sometimes you just get on with somebody who thinks that they're going to be really, really awesome, that you are really, really excited about. And then it ends up just not being energetically the right match. Yeah. They drain you or you drain them or whatever it might be. And sometimes you can see that out in front. But for me, I would rather work with fewer people and even make a little bit less money so that I could, you know, not have to like be worried about, you know, what the next time we get together is going to be like. That's not yeah, it's the emotional cost, right? Yeah, exactly. And the that's emotion. the hugest piece. Like everything comes down to energy when it comes right down to it. We can talk mm-hmm. about loss of time or how much time you're spending. We talk about how much money you're making. You know, like the people that we were talking about, you know, when you reach a certain level of uh, of notoriety, like a Russell Brunson type or a, or a Gary Vee type, and people are trying to take you down a peg, you know, or that sort of thing. You can play that ego status game, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to do any of that shit. You know, I don't want to play that game. I don't want to tear people down and I don't necessarily want to be in the public eye enough so that I'm a target for people to tear me down. I just want to help people. I want to live my life and, and I want to choose how often, how often I work and, and, and save my energy for the stuff that, that makes me happy. Absolutely. And you know what I have found? And and it's interesting when you just refer to Russell and Gary. I say that like we hang out. Um, yeah, is uh, I've seen yeah <laughs> the bro the bro market, bro. But, but I've actually seen them evolve. I feel yeah. like Gary has gotten kinder. Like I don't listen to him anymore, and I like him. I've read his books. I yep. actually met him. It was it was like I opened an elevator, and he was the only I was the only person in it, and he was the other side. And I was like, oh my god, Gary V. He was so gracious. Took oh, a photo god. with me. I didn't have my phone. He emailed me the photo. I was oh, like, what a sweetheart. Yeah, but but the, it's it. My point is, you know, I have a tendency, and I and I think people when they're working with coaches or looking for someone to work with, you know, you need someone who is ahead of you. And I like seeing people whose message has changed because they've grown. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, 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 I saw my YouTube channel. So much of it's WordPress videos, and I'm like, I don't ever want to do another how to. <laughs> with WordPress again. (laughs) I loved it. It gave me an audience and I was not attached to it. But the thing is, I, you know, you want to work with people and you want to attract people to work with you who want to grow and evolve. And ideally, you know, it's kind of like you hit a point where I don't take advice from friends who haven't done what I want to do. So you might be great at copywriting, but if you're not making a living on copy, I'm not interested. Yeah. I'll I'll go somewhere else. But so I think there's that evolution piece, which I kind of want to pivot I didn't, God, this time is flying, but you know, <laughs> we, this is so, this is the stuff I love to talk about, Nathan, but we have, um, you know, we were talking offline about, you know, I, I do feel that things are changing and shifting and we have been yeah. through such a tumultuous year, you notice I didn't say unprecedented. And, um, <laughs> and <laughs> that's another one of those authentic, oh, I'm going to put that authentic <laughs> clip on loop somewhere. <laughs> I need to make it like a, a text tone, authentic, authentic. <laughs> Well, either that or else you got to be bold and vulnerable all the time. Yeah, totally. totally. I mean, if you're not being authentic, then you you got to be bold and vulnerable. <laughs> I'm like, can I show up and share a Chris Farley gift, please? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my jam. But uh, <laughs> gone too soon. R.I.P. Yeah, holy yeah. non sequitur. But but I but I think that you know, like, I'm I'm so excited about where things are going mm. because. It it just it feels like changes in the air. I don't know. I would just love your kind of general thoughts and and I don't know where you think things are going. Um, I think people are getting sick of um people taking sides and um and being told that they have to take a side. Yeah, and. I think that there is a lot of people, this is, I mean, I'm projecting how I feel a lot, but I also see it as well. I think that there's a lot of people that just more or less just want to like, they want to live their lives. They don't want to be 
they don't want to have to speak for anybody beyond themselves and their family and their maybe their you know maybe their community or their cause like i think folks want to have a life before social media forced us to have to think about what other people are looking at us for or what they think about us like we live we live so reflexively these days on social media where we everything that we post about we're thinking two steps ahead about what's this person going to think of this if I say this or, or if I share this or what's my, what's my audience going to, how, how, you know, how am I going to get the clicks? How am I going to get the likes? How am I going to stir up the controversy? How am I going to sell my thing? And so we're living these, this is not a new thought either. I mean, I know I'm not saying anything original, but we're living our, we're living our lives secondhand. We're living our lives through the eyes of who we think, um, are looking at us. And I think we're, we're, we're fracturing our personalities and we're creating and, and it's, and things are becoming much, much more divisive. And we're only listening to the extreme voices. And I think that people are getting tired of that. And so we're pulling, I think a lot of people are pulling away from it. Um, and I know that I am definitely pulling away from it. And I'm just, and I've decided that, you know, I don't want to even, I'm going to use social media in the way that it, that, I want to use it, which is to make real connections with individuals instead of broadcasting to as many people as I can in mm-hmm. order to get some big freaking following. Like I don't need to be, <clears throat> I don't need to sell a million copies of my thing. And I don't need to be the face on the side of, you know, whatever. Like I just, I don't want to play status games. And that's what every, everybody's doing these days is playing status games. And I don't need to play those games. Well, and I I, I, I think people, I can't talk clearly, but um, <laughs> people feel like they, I think there's this, I have to, you know, and, yeah. and it's, what does this look like instead of, I, again, I live my life. How do I want to feel, you know, and with the expectation of you have a platform, you should do this, you should do this. Mm. I go back. Responsibility to. Yes. Yeah. Fuck you. I don't know you anything. Exactly. (laughs) Sorry. How do I really feel? Thank you. Thanks for being authentic, Kim. Yeah. (laughs) And. Oh my God. I'm dying. I'm dying. I always think of one of my greatest teachers and I had the blessings of watching him speak many times and met him and hugged him was Wayne Dyer. Dr. Wayne Dyer. I love him. Good guy. And I, I love his, what you think of me is none of my business. Mm -hmm. And if, if we could live from that place of, and this is where I do commend Gary. He's like, I don't care if you love me. I don't care if you hate me either way, I'm going to be me. And it's, it's that being able to detach from the good opinion of other people, um, which keeps it a lot easier. And I don't mean that, you know, there are people in my personal life that I care about that, but at the same time, it's like, I don't ever do anything from the intention that I'm concerned about a behavior afterwards. We're all human. We're fallible. We, We choose things. But I think when building a business, the funny thing is, the more you detach, and I'm getting super woo-woo here, but I have found that the more you detach from what it's supposed to look like, the better it does. Yeah. Without a doubt, I'm total, total agreement with you. Like it takes courage to build a business and to put yourself out there. So there is a certain amount of like, uh, you know, no fucks given that needs to happen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, absolutely. Um, but you get to, you get to choose that. And the people that are right for you are going to agree with your choices. So like you say, it really is like, how, how is this making me feel moment to moment? And how do I want to make other people feel moment to moment? And I think pretending, I think pretending to be anything beyond that, who you are, like, Right now, now I'm going to get woo woo. Pretend, <laughs> pretending to be anything more than who you are right now, and who and how you want to make other people feel right now, is just ego. It's just you, you making shit up and hoping people buy it. But you know, I well, I, uh, I would rather just you know just try to focus on 
feeling good and helping other people feel good in their lives. I I agree. And when you were saying earlier about, um, God, you said something about, you know, uh, what it does to us when we do it's, it's, it, it like, it breaks your own heart when there, there's a yeah. level of self-betrayal that happens when you show up as someone you're not, because it's not sustainable. And it, it really is going to screw you. It, it just, yeah. it's not sustainable. It's going to backfire. And so take your time. I am, there's just the less I effort, and that doesn't mean I'm not doing the work, but the less I effort, the faster shit shows up in my life. Yes. It just does. I'm like, yes, um, it's too, I feel like taking a bath and, you know, and I go do it. And then I'm like, oh, then this, this email that I had to write just flows. And I mean like marketing copy, but it's like, I just am in alignment again. Right. And, and it always gets done. And there's this constant, I, I don't know, the self-betrayal is going to screw you. <laughs> I'm going to swear again, lethal weapon three, but it's like, they always fuck you at the drive-thru, right? Do you remember that line? <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. happens every time. And for people listening, if you're not, it's it's funny. It's Joe Pesci. He's yeah. in the car with with uh, the two cops. I can't remember their names off the top of my head. I mean, I know the Gosh. actors, but and yep. they, they get their order. They drive away and these missing stuff. And it's like, they always fuck you at the drive-thru. That's how I feel <laughs> every time I do something that goes against my gut that didn't feel right in my body. And I was like, Oh, but you know, this person says webinars work and I'm not picking on webinars, but whatever it is, it's not going to work. It's just go with your gut. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the funny thing that you say, because the less effort now that I put into my Facebook posts, the better that they seem to happen. Like I I used to write these big, long ass Facebook posts. Like I said, like I copy pasted one from last year today, you know, just because I, you know, like, cause it's still for sale and I can sell it. So, but, but lately, like I write like four paragraphs and it gets way more engagement, gets way more response, people reaching out and saying, how can I work with you way more? I think that people are sick of these long ass posts. I think that they just like, people are stuck for time. You know what I mean? Like, like if I want to sit down and listen to your podcast, then I'm going to put in my earbuds and I'm going to walk the dog. And I'm mm-hmm. go- or I'm going to drive to work or I'm going to clean the house. And that's great. Like there's room for long form. But when people are, but when people are doing a bunch of different things, getting to the point quickly is so much more effective. And I have found that that's one big thing that's evolved. And I think it's because of the times is that people are getting sick of reading these long ass posts. They just want the insight quickly or they want the help quickly or they want the the nugget quickly and so um uh i've really really stopped doing these these long posts cuz they just don't f- cuz like you said people rely on their trick you know uh-huh. what i mean like yeah. they get the one trick maybe they can write a really killer piece of copy um or maybe you know they can you know they 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 get that one trick of like we were talking about calling people out and they get the engagement and they get the ego and they you know they get excited and they're like oh this is really cooking now but like you said like eventually that's going to come around and bite you at the ass it's just going to bite you in the ass and um one last thing the lethal weapon movie is like underrated forgotten totally <laughs> forgotten like what happened where'd they go you know mel Went right. sideways, but well, no one side. But who else hasn't? Everybody's gone sideways. Amen. Well, Amen. Yeah. And that's yeah. that piece of you know, the sooner you live your own truth. And you know where you're you were referencing. God, we're gonna have to do a part two, I think, Nathan. But, um, <laughs> where you're, you know, that where I was telling you about that one person who was calling out Russell Brunson. There's nothing in me, though, knowing this individual that doesn't think that that wasn't his truth at the time, right? So yeah. there, there's that piece that I think sure. this is at a very experienced marketer with significant sales and data and all that behind him. Mm. So it, it's kind of that old adage that hurt people hurt other people, right? So, and there's like this, this deep need. And, you know, like I am always doing my poor therapist 17 years later, like, but like I, and I do work now where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to <laughs> up level, whatever. I actually say raise my vibration, but I want to live my life differently. I want to move through the world differently. And so I look at me, I don't look at what anybody else is doing, you know? And I think that's so true in business and social and 
I don't know. You know, it's like, I always go back to <laughs> like toddlers. They're super present, right? And yeah. if a toddler's sad, they can throw themselves on the floor and cry. And then you're like, do you want an ice cream cone? And they're happy as can be. And they're like, yep, that's Forget great. I got my feelings out. We're good. <laughs> they yeah. don't dwell on it. And, you know, the, to your point with the, the long posts on Facebook, if I click through, if I click to read more and it takes me to another page, I close it instantly. No, I'm gone. like, I'm like, I don't go to Facebook. I, I read medium. I read emails. I like, I like to, I am a reader. I like consuming long form content, but it's, it's contextual. The other piece I was going to ask you is, oh my God, I told, oh, oh, I'm like, did I lose my thought really? What, what I, what I, seriously, 50 years old, but I, I've, I've, in watching what you've done over the last year also, you know, it's, there is this mastery of the craft that is, that has happened. And that's my perspective. I wish people could, like I'm getting goosebumps, could wrap their arms around that and fall in love with the mastery of what they're doing. Mm. Because it, and people, I think they feel like it. Like when I chose, I made a conscious decision to get better at writing and to get better at email marketing. And, Mm -hmm. and I got no results for a while and then it started taking off, but it was, it was something I truly did for myself and has paid off in every aspect of my business. So, you know, any last final thoughts on, on mastery for people who are, who are grown a business? Yeah, it's, it's not a sexy thing. Um, I read a, an essay by, um, an old hippie back in the day named Robert Anson Wilson, who wrote a bunch of crazy ass shit and did a bunch of drugs and, you know, did like all the, you know, crazy, you know, early, he was friends with Timothy Leary and all this stuff. And I've moved away from a lot of his stuff because I basically, I kind of grew up and stopped doing so much acid, but, (laughs) um, but his one essay sticks with me right from the beginning. And it's really like he framed it as like, you know, the, 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 the final secret of the Illuminati, you know, how the, how people, you know, become all powerful godlike beings, you know, sort of thing. So he was still framing it in like kind of the crazy sci-fi woo woo stuff. But ultimately when it came right down to it, it's just four simple words, you know, do it every day. Mm-hmm. You want to get better at writing? Write every day. You want to get better at writing emails? Write an email every day. You want to get better at going Facebook Live? Get do it every day. Get better at making a freaking chocolate torte. Do it every day. Um, Don't eat it every day, is, but no. <laughs> <laughs> That's up to you, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but if you want to get better at something, you've just got to make a commitment to do it every day, and that goes back to what I said. Uh, something I said earlier, which is. Um, what people are say they're interested in and what they are committed to doing are two different things. So getting really, 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 really clear about what you're actually committed to doing. And no bullshit. Don't lie to yourself. Don't pretend like you and I are like, I'm pushing 50 myself. And that, I think that's why life gets a lot simpler mm-hmm. for folks or we care less about getting all the stuff as we get older is because we realize that we're not committed to everything that we're interested in and we'll only probably follow through on the stuff that we're truly committed to doing. Mm -hmm. So if I could offer some of the young people in the audience, some advice, (laughs) just be really, really, really clear about what you're committed to doing and make a short list and do that shit every day. I, I couldn't agree more. And the last piece of that to me is like, it's the, it, it isn't sexy to your point, you know, war of art with Stephen Pressfield, but there is something <laughs> so, yes, love that book. oh my gosh, she's brilliant. There is something so magical about who you become in that process. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's this level of trust that you instill in yourself when you make a commitment and you show up for you, you show up for you. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Nathan, I, we really are going to have to do a part two. This was so much fun. Um, where is the, back, Kim. Uh, okay, awesome. Where is the best people, pl- best people, the best place for people to connect with you? Um, my Facebook group, <laughs> clientswithouttears.com. Um, uh, I run a Facebook group where I teach people how to um, build, you know, build up the value of their offer, um, connect with their market. Um, do marketing that isn't, you know, salesy or pushy or any of that sort of stuff. It leads with value and sell more of their stuff. We, what we talk mainly about and what I specialize in helping people do is selling four figure to five figure programs, 
um, on an ongoing basis without uh, doing discovery calls or webinars or, you know, video sales letters or, you know, 45 part email sequences or any of that <laughs> bullshit. Most of what I, most of what I help people do is just, you know, make Facebook posts and, and, and sell their programs on chat or on email with some, most of the time without even picking up the phone. So, um, so that's what we talk about in that group. That's fantastic, Nathan. This has been so much fun for everybody listening. I will have all the links in the show notes including the lethal weapon clip that we were referencing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to find that YouTube video. People need to know that oh. because you know, Danny Glover, he's a lost he's a lost prince of yes. of, uh, of 80s and 90s cinema. I miss that dude. I miss him. I miss Joe Pesci too. Significantly. Yeah, oh, Pesci, you know what? Yeah. He ended on a great note like if really if the Irishman is his last role, that is the perfect ending Pesci note. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. I, I mean, we, I could quote, let's go back to Goodfellas. You got, you got oh, as she quotes for days. Anyway, <laughs> all right, Nathan, thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Kim. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I am having a blast with the direction of the podcast, my brand, everything that's coming up. And if you've not seen it, I have started a brand new newsletter and it is called F the Hustle. In fact, it's actually hashtag F the hustle. If you'd like to subscribe, you can just go to kimdoyle.com forward slash newsletter. And that should take you to what the F the hustle is. And you can opt in for that as well. As always, guys, thanks so much for listening. And we will catch you next time.